I'm Sharon Brett Kelly and today for the detail I'm in Wellington and I'm on my way into the city centre from leafy suburb of Kelvin. It was one of those fabulous, bracing, blustery Wellington days, but not too cold. There's no sign of a southerly. And I'm walking down, there's a special pathway that takes you right down into the city centre through these really pretty hilly suburbs, past the lovely, interesting wooden houses. And last night we were in Cuba Street out for a pizza and it was absolutely bustling. So I'm thinking, what is all the fuss about? What is wrong with Wellington? Well, there's this. It was only essential toilet flushing in central Wellington today after another of the capital's old wastewater pipes burst. The break is a reminder of the capital's ageing, stinking and failing infrastructure. This. CBD is facing a sharp rise in violence and antisocial behaviour. A lot of this is down to a massive increase in emergency housing uh, where many are linked to gang members. This. Wellingtonians are urging their elected councillors to quit the infighting and get on with the job. and this. Bus drivers are under attack! Bus strikes and lockouts aside, capital commuters were already on edge about Wellington's, well, unreliable bus network. We just can't uh, have this situation where we're bashing Wellingtonians around the head with strike action and lockouts. I'm on my way to talk about why Wellington's lost its mojo with City Councillor Nicola Young. She's a sixth-generation Wellingtonian. And I'll also be talking to Anna Fifield, the new editor of the Dominion Post. But before I do that, I pop into the corner dairy to find out what the owner thinks about the city. And you won't believe it. You love the wind? Yes, I do. Is that your favourite thing about Wellington? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's not favourite, but... um, And the people? The people are lovely. Why do you say that? Oh, we're different, quirky. Although we might dress in black, we've got Cuba Street, we've got zany characters, politicians, all the bureaucrats, all the suits... Um, you love that, do you? No, I don't know. No, 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 no but we've got an eclectic mix of people. Then, as I head down another pathway, I come across student Sam Jani and his flatmates. The door to their flat is right there next to the public path. And the thing that grabbed me was the smashed pane of glass on the door. That happened last night, yeah. Oh, what, party? We had a bit of a, oh, a small gathering and it just... Um, some unexpected people came around and got a bit angry. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. gosh. I'm, I'm on my way down to the city, and yeah. this, is, this is fascinating, because you can go walk down a public pathway, and you're right here, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, no, it's not bad. And yeah. what, a, what an amazing view. Yeah, oh, no. View Once it. you get here, the flat's real nice. Yeah, it's just a bit so of a hassle getting up and down. Exactly. And do you love Wellington? Yeah, I rate it. No, it's real nice. We're, we're, all, st- we're all students down here. Oh, what do we love about it? The sunshine, oh, nah. and it's all like walking the distance. People, flatting's expensive though. Yeah, right? that's the worst thing about it. Well, how like, much are you paying here? I'm paying, I'm paying two forty, and like my mate, we got you got mates in Christchurch that are paying like one twenty. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And then, yeah, it is pretty ridiculous. Hey, thanks for talking to me. Now, before I carry on my way into the city centre, I meet the Dom Post's Anna Fifield in the studio. She's lived in Tokyo, Beijing and Washington. 
And I want to get her impressions of her new home. But I consider Wellington my kind of spiritual home in New Zealand. Like that's where I went to university and where I worked as a journalist before going overseas and where all my friends are. So I wanted to go back to Wellington. I mean, I love the vibrancy and the culture. And I even love the weather. You know, there's nothing. You, you know you're alive when you're battling against the wind trying to cross the street in Wellington. And, you know, I feel really conflicted about it because I go to so many great events. You know, this last week I've just been to Joe Randerson's new place play at Circa. I loved every minute of it, even the parts I didn't understand. You know, it's just so rich, the life. But it's also extremely depressing to walk around the streets of Wellington and to see all of these buildings that are closed for earthquake strengthening all around. You know, there's the civic buildings, the library, the civic square buildings, which are closed. But then also you have the Reading Cinema, like this big hulking shell on Courtney Place, the Amora Hotel, all these private buildings as well, which are um, just sitting there. And then you add into that the fact that a lot of the CBD has quietened down a lot after COVID and people are working flexibly much more often. Literally sewage running through the streets of Wellington on some days, many days. Uh, you know, our Dominion Post inbox is often full of people sending in photos of sewage in their street. Oh. I, uh, they could just tell me about it. <laughs> um, but there is, so there are a lot of infrastructure problems that I do think are sapping some of Wellington's mojo. This earthquake strengthening issue, the buildings have to be fixed, Right. Yeah, and everything I hear about what's happening at the St James Theatre and other buildings in Wellington, they are they are fixing them up and they turning are? them. They're fi- but they're returning them the way they used to be twenty years ago. The St James Theatre will still have two toilets for all the dancers. <laughs> you know, they are not <laughs> r- modernising the facilities. They're not reimagining what a dance space could look like in the twenty first century, and not reimagining how that theatre, how any of those venues could interact with the community. I mean, I would love to see, you know, the Opera House, St James, all these places along Courtney Place spill out onto the street and make it, you know, a Wellington version of the Lincoln Centre in New York or something like that. Um, But there's not that kind of money and not that kind of thinking. So they're just patching it back together and they'll carry on the way they were. An opportunity lost? It really feels like an opportunity lost. And it's the kind of thing where if they were doing one building at a time, I'm sure they'd be able to handle it, or even two. Mm. But It's just the concentration of work that is being done, I think, is overwhelming the city. The housing thing. Now, now we know that there's a housing crisis, but consents declined dramatically last year in Wellington, and at the same time prices are soaring. It's not only the price of buying a house, it's also renting. I think it's the overarching problem, and when we look at so many of the other socioeconomic problems in Wellington, they all stem from the housing crisis. So, yeah, you have Porirua with the highest rents in the country. And we, we say Porirua, that's a geographic area, but really it's a it's two cities in one. You have this extremely wealthy area of Aotea and Whitby, and then disadvantaged, poorer areas on the other side, you know, the cheek by jowl, these two different lives being lived in Porirua. I, after I came home last year, I bought my first house in Wellington. It was a completely nauseating experience and I can't look at helping my mortgages because, yeah, Wellington needs more houses, more apartments, more everything. And that would, if they were able to start building 
that would solve a big part of the problem. Uh, but then you have things like the Shelley Bay development in Wellington. Shelley Bay has become synonymous with legal battles, famous filmmakers, fraught local politics and iwi infighting. The High Court's dismissed an application to review the decision to grant a resource consent to the Shelley Bay project. Getting the consent has been fraught with the saga starting in 2016. It's unlikely to be over anytime soon. Which is by no means a perfect development project, but Wellington needs more houses. So there's that consent process, the bureaucracy that's holding everything up, but also the thing that I found extremely difficult during my own house buying experience last year and the thing that sets Wellington apart from a lot of other parts of the country is they operate as in a closed tender system in Wellington. So in Auckland you'll go to an auction and you'll know what people are bidding. In Wellington we have no idea. You know, I may have paid $200,000 more for my house than the next bidder. Wow. I, I do not know. And I, I right now I do not want to know because what can I do with that yeah. apart from feel sick? That I think is really exacerbating the problem in Wellington and the people like me are so desperate to own a home now that they just bid crazy, you know, your top dollar and hope for the best. There's a fiscal crisis in Wellington. There's a massive problem with having to fork out a lot of money to fix the infrastructure, the buildings, that kind of thing, and not enough money coming in from rates and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. The bills that they have to pay for all this earthquake strengthening, for fixing the pipes under the streets, which have been neglected for decades, they are massive, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, that they are looking at having to pay. So they're talking about a rate increase of between 14 and 17% next year. But also this council is very debt averse. So they are not really taking on the amount of debt that they they could potentially uh, borrow at this stage of low interest rates um, to fund a lot of this. But also the Wellington City Council is an extremely dysfunctional council. We have so many stories in my paper about the infighting there and a lot of the council's uh, oxygen is taken up with political point scoring and you know internal issues and they're not channeling all of their energies into fixing some of these really big problems. But Anna, you've lived in some big cities around the world and even in New Zealand, I mean, Auckland has a lot of these problems as well, the infrastructure, um, the lack of investment over the years into that kind of thing. Is, is Wellington any worse than these other places? You're right in that, yeah, a lot of places around the country have these infrastructure problems. I think Wellington's, particularly the pipes under the street, their problems are probably among the worst in the country. But I think the difference is that when I come to Auckland, when I go to Christchurch, I get a sense of vision for the city and creating a next generation kind of economy and looking to the future. And, you know, when I look in Wellington, I don't see that vision. It's the creative capital, they say, and, you know, it's been trading for a long time on its excellent coffee. But where is the vision for creating, you know, the high-tech industry? There are a lot of tech companies in Wellington and gaming companies and people doing creative things. 
But how is Wellington, Wellington harnessing that reputation? Uh, how is it harnessing the power of wetter workshop and these kinds of things? And I don't get a sense that there is a lot of that big picture planning for the future, for the kind of economy that will propel Wellington into the future. I also think back to, you know, in the 90s when I was a student in Wellington and the era of Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement and Brett McKenzie, you know, I used to pay $40 a week for a mouldy flat on Cuba Street. Now that same flat, it's still mouldy, <laughs> but it's $400 a week yeah. kind of thing. So yeah. I I really do worry about, like, the creative people of today, though the Taika Waititi of 2021 is probably so busy trying to pay her rent or his rent that, you know, how can you be creative? How can you experiment? How can you take risks and think, I'll just do this new avant-garde kind of performance and see if it flies? You know, mm. so I do worry about the dampening effect of the housing crisis on the creative industry. A weekend in Wellington will be remembered for the long queues for cafes, the excellent coffee, the traffic jams, but also a lot of talk about this. A spike in crime in Wellington's central city is taking its toll. We have been reporting a lot on the crime in Wellington and there has been a big spike of assaults and like drunken behaviour on Courtney Place. The amount of threats I've had is quite frightening. Threats on my life, threats on my health. She had to come pick me up once when yeah. I got followed home. Just like drunk people attacking other drunk people. Wellington is so known for being such a friendly, like kind, unified city. And it is like that during the day, but at night, like so many just vultures come out. You know, you have politicians like Nicola Willis who are talking about uh, this being linked to the emergency housing and transitional housing, which is in the centre of Wellington now. But there's not really, and this is where I think we, the Dominion Post, can play a role, a discussion about the causes of that crime, the causes of people who are hanging around a lot on the streets. Um, and it's because yeah, there's not enough services for them in Wellington. There's not the rehab support or addiction support or mental health support um, to help people on the streets. And so, so often the solution is, oh, we should take out that phone booth where people are congregating without asking, like, why are the people congregating around this phone booth? So so that's what I kind of mean about the need to deal with the causes of this, not just the symptoms of it on the streets of Wellington. Well, I come face to face with this when I meet Councillor Nicola Young in a park off Lambton Quay. She's talking about the impact of working from home on the city centre. It, it does worry me how we're going to transition, but this is not isolated to Wellington. This is a global phenomenon. I mean, I, I, mean, I haven't been to Auckland for a long time. I gather Auckland, central Auckland is uh, a bit of a sad place too. Um, so we are in a state of evolution. Now we might have to move here... Um... A man with a backpack okay, joins us. We'll, we'll go over here. I'm so, no, it's no, 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 don't worry, no, don't worry. Honestly, don't worry, we, we can move. No, because you because I'm going to go for one another. Um, it's 5.01. She's telling me the man is a 5.01, a deportee from Australia. How do you know he's a 5.01? Oh, you can sort of tell. And, and the way he said, this is, not, this is your place, not my place. I would say he's a 5.01. This is one of the issues that has been raised, is the lack of services for people who probably need emergency housing, need treatment, need help. That's a real concern. You know, I've, I've talked about it recently and yeah, this is absolutely not my area of expertise no. at all. Probably best not to go down there, except I would just say I think we need more help from central government. You know, this is beyond 
the ability of the council to deal with. You know, we're trying to get the pipes organised. Mm. You know, we're trying to get the transport. Yes, we have a role in housing. But this, this sort of stuff is beyond our remit, mm. really. Speaking of pipes, you could laugh about the stories of burst sewage pipes and burst water pipes around the city, but you've said that that is your main focus at the moment. Yeah, and I've also said to people, you know, I, I love the arts, but, but first things first, and we've got to make sure that we don't have water bursting in the streets and sewage problems because that is worse than third world. So... So uh, I've said to people, look, I'm really sorry. There are all sorts of things I could advocate to spend money on, but my number one priority is to make sure that our water system, our three waters, are secure and operational. To try How's and it find going, though? How's it going, Nicola? Well, well, for, well, fortunately, I'm not involved in the negotiations. Okay. And, okay. and the answer is I don't know is the answer. But do you feel like you're making progress? Are things getting fixed? Are I think things are still being money? identified, you know, because, okay. you know, we can't fix it until we know the extent of the problem, and, and there is, it, it is a big problem. I mean, one of my concerns is that the areas where we're planning to have more intensified housing have some of the oldest pipes in the, in the country. And so why... Where is that? So this is uh, Tiara, it's Mount Victoria, it's Mount Cook, it's Thorndon. Where the very central city. Very, so yes, the oldest part of Wellington, yeah. And so there's no point in thinking, let's have Wellington... You know, Wellington's the most livable city if our water is not. Last week at Wellington Council... The Mayor of Wellington has been told to make a written apology after being found trying to influence a councillor's vote on the future of land at Shelley Bay. An investigation into the confidential meeting between the mayor and councillor Jenny Condy found it breached the code of conduct. You know, it was really uncomfortable. I mean, I felt sorry for him. When we have so many really big issues, it was like a sideline. And I felt sorry for everyone except for the lawyers who, of course, had their clocks ticking the whole time. Do you find it frustrating or even embarrassing being on the council at the moment? Yeah, I think local government is always frustrating, uh, but we're in a super frustrating phase at the moment. Um, you know, I find this endless consultation extraordinary. I was just looking at my diary thinking, when can I go to Circa Theatre? And I see we've got hearings till 8 o'clock, three nights this week. I mean, we're starting at 9.30 in the morning. That's, that's not good governance, but, but, but that's a requirement for us to do it. The, um, these are hearings what? For the long-term plan. What do okay. people want? And, and, of course, the question is, how much attention do people pay? Mm. Uh, that the councillors. I'm and not, what's I'm your not, thinking? Uh, let's just leave it there. Okay. Um, I'm not embarrassed. I just, I just wish we were in a happier time. But that time will come. You think uh, so? I'm an optimist. <laughs> How far away is it, though? Well, you know, the thing I have learnt in local government is never put a timeline on anything. Except we do have, we do have timelines for the completion of several major buildings that we are restoring. You know, that's something I'm very proud of. Right. So the town hall, the wonderful Joshua Charlesworth town hall, with some of the best acoustics in the world, that's going to be completed in 2023. Two years' time. Uh, and that's fantastic. And it has a, a wonderful organ. The St James will be um, open in time for the International Festival next year. And then the convention centre comes on stream in 2022. It's not all doom and gloom. And one of the things about Wellington is... You know, we do love gloom down here. People love wearing black and, you know, we love seeing the dark side of things. Whereas I really like pastels and, you know, I just looked at the sea of black walking down Lambton Quay and the sea of black in the shops. So I make a real effort 
not to wear a lot of black. Well, you've done well today, haven't you, with your purple jacket and your I green, have. I and have. your brown yes. pants <laughs> and your pink and blue stripy socks. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that's the good news about public buildings that are getting done up and yeah. and will reopen. What about the library? So that is really complicated, and I think there are all sorts of things going on around it right now. I don't believe that we should be doing the most massive um, re-strengthening project, which will take years. I think we should do enough and open it sooner. But we also have to think about what is the role of the library today. It's also a community space. It's, it's, a, it's got a much wider purpose. And, and I think, you know, seeing the people that we've seen today, some of whom don't have access, you know, like the people in the streets don't have access to the internet and things, that makes the library important for them. What I would like to know is, as sixth-generation Wellingtonian, <laughs> is Wellington going to be here for the seventh, eighth, ninth generation? Well, it already is, because I've got two generations younger okay. than me. I think Wellington is going through, you know, sometimes... When we're growing up, we go through quite awkward sort of stages when our skin breaks out and, you know, we think, oh, we're going to be... We're never going to find a partner and we're kind of ugly. And then suddenly we go from the ugly duckling into the beautiful swan. And I think Wellington's just going through an awkward interim stage now. And once we're through those, I think we'll have a wonderful renaissance in Wellington. We've got the talent. We've got the kind of will-do attitude. So I think that when, when, when we come back in 50 years' time... <laughs> You know, we'll think, well, we will write to have our faith in the city. Do you regret coming to back to Wellington? Not at all. I am so happy. I've got my uh, estate sale house. <laughs> I'm down on the south coast all the time, you know, biking around. No, I love it. I'm very, very happy to be back. Is there hope? Yeah, I think there is hope because of this creative energy, because Wellington is able to put on Cuba Dupa and these great street performances and plays and things and there is so much creativity and I think if that can be harnessed and in many ways if the council kind of got out of the way you know I think that it would be much more productive in terms of what could be done in Wellington and so a lot of the really exciting things the mountain bike trails and things that have happened have all been more like private initiatives or people doing it despite the council and the consenting process rather than with the council. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Alexia Russell produced today's episode. Flo Wilson engineered it. And thanks to Anna Fifield and Nicola Young. And also thanks to songwriter Alan Gregg for permission to use his ode to Wellington. Matiwa. I wish I was in Wellington, the bureaucracy, the suits and the briefcases along Lambton Key, the harbour city capital, the lights beside the sea. Oh, I